Consequence Podcast Network. Hey everyone, this is Cobra Page, and you are listening to Beyond the Boys Club on the Consequence Podcast Network. None of us are one-dimensional. We all have different aspects to us, and if we're honest with ourselves, we have different musical influences, and we're not just metal or not just rock or pop. We have different shades to who we are as people and in our musical taste. That is the case with Cobra Page from Cobra and the Lotus. If you're familiar with the band, they're a great metal band out of Canada. They've been doing their thing for a long time, and they always put out this great, really melodic, epic music with a rock edge. Always really cool, really intricate stuff, and always very metal, but there is more to Cobra than just metal. There's much more. She has her debut solo record out in April, and on it, she really switches it up with different musical styles and totally steps outside of what you're used to hearing from her. As she describes it, it's a rainbow of different sounds and styles and had to be really freeing to just break through what she was used to doing with Cobra and the Lotus and to do something totally different. The first single off the record is out now. It's called Love What I Hate. And this one is probably the most like anything you would hear from Cobra and the Locust. So this is more familiar to those who are used to listening to how Cobra Page usually sounds. But stops there because the rest of the record is chock full of just really different styles for her. And that makes it a very exciting listen. Dan Erickson on the Beyond the Boys Club podcast on the Consequence Podcast Network. And if you don't subscribe yet, search for the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe or else you're going to be in big trouble with me. All right, let's get into it. A great interview right after this with Cobra Page. Hey, everybody. It's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian. And we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA plus and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hey, everybody. It's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian. And we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Well, congrats on your new solo track, Love What I Hate. And then you've got the debut solo record on the way, which is awesome. And I want to get into that. But first, take me back. I want to know how you first got into music and when you knew that you wanted to do it for a living and more seriously than just a side thing? Oh my God. Actually, I was about six when I decided that I wanted to do music. And I started with classical training, like a lot of kids did the musical theater and uh, provincial competitions with different pieces of music and then I stopped when I was hitting puberty because it just didn't feel like opera was going to be my thing um, 
But then when I was, uh, you know, a teenager, I saw Judas Priest. I saw the way Helford used his vibrato with different music backing him. And that was kind of my segue towards starting a band. And now I'm here. I'm just like weighed down the rabbit hole of figuring out how to express myself and use my voice differently. And so it's been a long, a long time dream and journey, I would say. I was born with that dream seed like implanted in me. Was your family supportive when you were like, hey, you know, I want to be in a metal band or in a rock band and do music for a living? One of the coolest things and fortunate things, I feel so grateful for this because I know a lot of people don't have that kind of support. I actually had uh, parents that met because my dad was in a new wave band when he was in his teens. It was actually a crazy story. My mom was a local model. And when we used to have those Got Milk ads on billboards with a mustache, she was on one coming into Calgary, oh. where I'm from and <laughs> here right now. And he was doing like a like a provincial tour with his new wave band. And he was like, I want her. And then he stalked her down. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, it comes by me very naturally. And uh, actually, it was my dad that told me to go for it when I was about 19. I was um, in university at the time. And he said, you should just give it a shot while you're young. Like, go on the road, do what you can. And that's how the band thing really went full on from there, with my efforts, at least. That is a great love story. It might be my favorite. <laughs> There's more that's really, like, crazy. I don't think you could do what he did in this day and age. <laughs> But you know what? We're still together. <laughs> so when you did first see Judas Priest and decide, hey, you know, I think I want to do this. What did you do in music before age 19, before you actually decided to leave school and pursue it? I was about 15 when I saw Judas Priest and I started a band with my girlfriends in high school called Off Soho. And we just jammed. We were going to play Battle of the Bands and it never actually came to fruition. But that was like the first group of people that I had together. And uh, we were playing things like Guns N' Roses and um, Motley Crue, like a lot of hair metal. And um, then uh, when I was uh, just going into university, so about 17, that was when I started like the preliminary beginning of Cobra and the Lotus. The first demos were written at that age that are on the first album, Out of the Pit. <laughs> so that's like a really like young version, young, young version of just people coming together to make some songs. Wow, so Cobra and the Lotus, that was kind of, it's been kind of your main band then for your whole life. Yeah, it's been, um, it's, it's honestly uh, been my legacy, I would say, so far. And um, it's been my baby. The project is completely my baby. Yeah, I haven't known anything different than really the music industry that I've grown up in as I've turned into a woman, you know, or entered womanhood. So it's been kind of interesting that way. What were your first experiences like with Cobra and the Lotus? Take me into the early days of you guys. For starters, in the beginning when we were trying to land on an, on a name, which eventually it was actually Lotus that we landed on, and the first like CD with the burnt demos from Out of the Pit is called Lotus, and it says 2007 Lotus. And um, those were just, uh, you know, we were just playing the like 
smallest little dingy holes that any place that would take us in Alberta and then went on to Canada and we just like played and played and played and played and toured around in a van and uh that was that was those were really the first experiences you know we slept in some very sketchy places but it was very fun it was just so um not serious yet you know and I think that the beginning even though it, I, I don't want to ever like play those shows again like that way I am nostalgic to it because you're excited you're you're younger you you haven't been uh you know um through the ringer like <laughs> in certain Dang ways <laughs> and so you're just it's kind of magical I just had a lot of fun it felt like we were just trying to do something together it didn't matter if it was doing well or where it was going yeah can't believe though like how different it is when you are first of all in your early 20s and second of all the choices you make <laughs> and third of all um your perspective just of things it was very different than I feel today. Yeah. Do you think that's because of the age difference or do you think it's because the music industry has changed a lot? It's a mix of uh, a few things. It's definitely a mix of as I started to want to make it a really a thing and really want to do it, do the shows and be an artist that's on tour, a band that's on tour. It became so serious feeling to me and it feel, felt like just... Um, also, just you're not picking like uh, an industry that or a dream or artistry that is it just became really serious. And then just uh, for me, at least my experience was um, just chronic anxiety just developing as I went further on to uh, figure out how to get the opportunities in this giant sea of people needing opportunities and then furthermore like fighting for other people's fans when you're touring with them to share in their fans and building and then uh right now as I've come into this new project and I'm launching it and everything that I have from the past I can't tap into it other than through social media because I'm not actively on tour and I've been missing for several years so I'm my head is really spinning. I was telling my husband actually last night when I was going to bed, I was like, I know I've never done well with social media. It, it, I don't like how it changed. It changes me. Like I, it changes how I act in my life and my mental state gets worse, but I've tried to embrace it. And I've tried to bring people in to help me for this launch because I don't know how to reach like the people that uh, in my head as well, that what I'm making doesn't matter, you know, and then I don't want to put it out anymore. So it's a really interesting time. I, it's been great for some and it's been not healthy for others. And I'm on that side of the spectrum. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Well, first of all, your fans know your name. It obviously helps that Cobra and the Lotus, Cobra Page, they'll find you that way. I do agree. It's really stressful this day and age trying to break through the algorithm and I'm not a huge, I'm on social media also like to get my art out there and to get my work that I do and music and all that stuff, but it doesn't really come naturally to me either. So I understand what you mean. I think it can really be, it can hurt your mind sometimes to have so many different, cause you want to like get it out there. But then if you're trying to respond to everyone and I, I don't know, so I agree with you. And I think most people, if they were honest, they would agree that it's not really the healthiest thing to have to do on a regular basis. Yeah, for sure. 
We have nothing to worry about because their product is amazing. So that will always, oh my God, that will always be the most crucial thing, I think. I mean, someone can have great social media, this and that. But if you don't have a good product, then what are you really out there sharing with people? Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm glad you have enjoyed what you've heard and seen also. I'm having a hard time believing it matters if it's good even right now, just because I've seen how brutal it's been to break the surface with this first single that's released. And I was calculating, you know, like how far something was going on my Facebook page or something. And it was like 0.08% of the people. And I'm like, holy shit, you know, okay, we're really at the beginning feeling. That's how I feel right now. And the veracity of the consumption of content also is making me confused about the amount of effort and resources I've put into each piece of art, which I consider each song on this album and the videos and even the single arts and the photos, like it's not been created quickly. It's like being created with a lot of resources and intention, you know, but I'm like, okay, but, but we're also in this really like all consuming need for nonstop stimulation time. So I guess we'll just see. I'm trying to figure out how to change my mindset around it. I think anytime (laughs) you do something new and this is your first solo music, which is exciting. So that's going to, it will feel a little bit like you're starting from scratch maybe, but it's all good stuff. Nervous, but excited is what I call it. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. That's good. Yeah. So tell me about the debut single, Love What I Hate. Tell me kind of the story behind that and why you wanted to get that track out there first. Yeah. um, Love What I Hate. uh, First of all, it's as close in, um, it's as, it's the closest family member to Cobra and the Lotus material. Okay. So it was a soft break into the album. Um, And even then it's like, it's not heavy, but um, it's still rock and it's still alternative. And so that was why that was chosen specifically to be the first release. I wanted to kind of like soften the introduction a little bit and not freak people out off the bat because there are definitely a lot of creative curveballs on this album. And I'm excited about that too, though. Like I just am so thrilled to be um, all over the place in in terms of me and outside of a box that I felt like I was in with Cobra and the Lotus. I couldn't stretch it any further t- without compromising the integrity of it, but I did push it as far as it could go. So that's why Love What I Hate was the first one. Yeah, that's an old song. It was written in 2018 and it was just waiting a long time for this moment. <laughs> Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. I was going to ask actually about the style of your music and your solo stuff, because 
I feel like with Cobra and the Lotus, you had a very solid sound. You always knew kind of what the the main sound and style of the band would be. And you have this classically trained voice and stuff. So how difficult was it to reach out and try to do really different styles on the new solo record? Um, it was like the opposite of difficult. Oh, yeah. And it was liberating. The best way I can, you know, explain it is you always have like uh, fans of music. You know how they, they attach you to um, an affinity and there can be really endearing terms that they use for you. And so a lot of people will call, you know, like women that have done some metal metal queens and there's our metal queen and stuff like that. And um it's just like that specific, that was never, that's the thing that was impression, impressioned on me, but it's not who I have ever been. I I feel like I've always been the more as, okay, let me try to find my words here, especially as I've gotten older and more confidence to step into expressing myself and how I want to express, I have known for a long time that there is um, so many dimensions to me and I don't feel very like single-handedly one genre internally. I feel like I have rock and roll in me and that's the one thing that I have in common with anything. There's going to be like probably a little bit of rock or edge in that way. And then other than that, it's like a rainbow. It's colorful and that is very, very natural to me. So just an artist using music to express and bring the messages that I want to say. Describe the journey of doing this solo record and what it was like to finally get to go out there and make this rainbow of music that you've been wanting to do for a while. So it was definitely uh, something that kept getting put aside um, by myself because Cobra and the Lotus is and has been my main focus of everything. I am the, the one running the show and the behind the scenes. I'm the one putting the resources into it. And I couldn't do more than one thing. I was putting everything into that, uh, which was fine. It was a choice and I was happy and proud too, but... In my break off the tours um, in 2018, I started to write new stuff in Nashville with different people. And then as soon as uh, we went on tour again, Cobra and the Lotus went on tour in the fall, I had a new guitarist in the band and I really wanted to involve his writing and get and just like bring all the minds together again. So it was I made the decision to do another album with Cobra and the Lotus and that halted everything for that uh, other project and writing more. And it's kind of funny because I've been questioned a lot around how it, I can exist with this and have Cobra and the Lotus and yet no one that was playing in the band was questioned and they were making other stuff the whole time, but it's because they had time and finances and everything to be doing that. I was always just dumping my life into Cobra and the Lotus. So I put it aside, did the Evolution album, which was a really good choice. I love that album and I'm so proud of it and proud to be part of it with all the guys and the collaborators. Um, then, uh, yeah, COVID was really what happened. COVID gave allowance to a lot of people, I think, in this world. Yeah. Hey, like it was a really <laughs> rough time, but it was also a time of like, okay, 
no one is um, expecting anybody to be on tour right now because we can't be on tour. Um, there's nothing we can do. Uh, so I'm going to take this opportunity to, first of all, get well. I spent all of 2020 just actually um, getting my mental health and physical health actually more so back on track. I was very ill, oh, wow. like all around after 2019. I actually, after 2019 too, I was so graded down by the grinding I had done the last 12 years that I felt like I was like over the music industry. I'd had a little too many rough experiences and I was just like, F this industry, like I'm out, you know, yeah. like I want nothing to do with <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I couldn't remember anything good about it. Like, you know, that happens. It just blacked out like everything. Because I was just in a state of like survival and trauma and anger. And I was really worried about also the bitterness that was starting to build in me because I never was a bitter person. And so um, in 2021, in the new year, I had like the smallest little calling inside me that was like, you put all your effort into this. You need to finish this other record for yourself. Just do it for yourself. You need to. You're not done yet, you know? And then that was when I started making plans to finish it. And 2021 was when the whole thing unfolded from start to uh, finish with the recordings. And the universe supported me in many ways. The producer that I worked with, he had just moved at the beginning of 2021 back home from LA to Vancouver Island. So when the world locked down, and we couldn't go anywhere, I could still go to Vancouver Island. That's great. So what are you most excited about when it comes to finally getting this out there and having people hear this new side of you? First of all, I think that there are some songs that are going to be really helpful for some people. I do think there are a couple on the album that will be those songs they hold on to when they're going through hard things and adversity. And just like Light Me Up was one of those for Cobra and the Lotus. So, you know, that that fuels me more than anything to get this out there. And then the second thing is um, to show people the kind of songwriter I am, that I'm a very capable songwriter and how involved I was in Cobra and the Lotus and that I'm also, I'm an artist. I just create things and that can be seen through the creative direct, uh, directing that I've collaboratively done in the music videos with both my band and this going forward. But now it's just, it's, it's really like I get to just show who I am and not worry about other people. And then the third thing is that I just believe anytime any of us do something that is aligned with who we are, it inspires other people to have courage to do what they want to do and try something new or try a new direction even. I know there are people that I've met people, you know, that are scared to step outside of the line of momentum that they have been in. And that's terrifying because I have been in this fear the whole time. I've also been building this and focusing on this. And so I understand that. But there's this like stifling of expression and who they are in the deepest of ways that doesn't get to be liberated and lived fully. And so they can't live who they are fully because they don't want to step outside of that momentum or um, box of where they've been put in, try something new, be seen as different. And I hope that it just inspires people 
to do more of what they need to do for themselves. Yeah, whatever it is, take the chance. I love that. No, that's really inspiring just to hear. And well, you've been in the business for a while. And I'm wondering, do you notice more women in rock and metal music today versus when you first started out? Oh, my God. Yeah, I do. Do you? Yeah. Oh, big time. I mean, both when it comes to my own band and then when it comes to doing my, you know, journalism and radio and stuff like I just and even going to concerts, I notice a lot more girls now and women at the uh, rock and metal shows. Whereas before, when I first started going, I was like the only one. People thought, are you here yeah. with your boyfriend? I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, my God. That line, right? That used to be really brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's your boyfriend? I'm oh. here because I like Metallica. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's wonderful. I am totally. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that it's uh, it's unbelievable how it's actually just kind of exploded with um, so many women and in so many uh, different ways. Like I, I noticed that you have uh, put out some podcasts with like Nita and in other musicians. Like it's just really, really cool to see how much of the landscape has actually been infiltrated with more women. And they're amazing because women are amazing. Yes. <laughs> you know, they're so powerful. They're so fierce and beautiful. And like this duality is really powerful to witness, I think. I agree. I think it's great. Can't escape us now. <laughs> no escaping us women. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. It's definitely not going back. <laughs> when, uh, when you first did start out, did you have any struggles being a woman in this music industry or was it pretty? Did you not really notice anything? Yeah, I, I did have a lot of struggles and actually I still had struggles like right up to the last tour. Part of uh, some of the issues I was actually encountering like with my health as well were I think I swear to God, part of it was because I was just surrounded by way too much testosterone and I had no space for me to have feminine energy. Um, and uh, because my tours, even though the, you know, rock and metal has just been full and exploding with um, these amazing women, um, I still was not on tour like very often with them. And my bus would be like 18 men and me. And I have, I have, I have been tested <laughs> in so many ways, like with a lot of misogynistic behavior, like coming and going with um, people we've worked with, even on albums. Like I've had, I've had ridiculous battles that I know that uh, my husband, if he had been in the same position, wouldn't have had to fight. It was because I was a woman. I've had people think I would roll over. I had rolled over a few times in the past and then I started getting like tougher um, in just the final year because I was like, I have had that. I have had it like I can't deal with this bullshit, you know, so um, I still um, I still feel like that is still a battle, actually, that's ongoing. I agree. I don't think that it might not ever go away. It might be something that we always have to fight for. I think so. And. What would be so wonderful or what I wish for and hopefully it changes as um, more and more girls that grow up have more women to, well, there's so many amazing women like to, to have as role models. But I, I know for myself, like 
boundaries have been really, really hard to have and to hold and something I really struggled with that I know is among many women that I've spoken to, not all, but many, is learning how to be assertive and not buying into the fear of, are they going to think I'm a bitch? I would love to have somehow learned growing up how to assert myself better and not be afraid of it and to learn how to have boundaries. I didn't learn that and I don't, it's easy for many women still to assert themselves without fears of being taken as being aggressive, being moody, being a bitch. And I have um, really found that to be like a mental block for me is, is figuring out the boundaries. And, and what's ironic is that even when you like give too much length and you don't have boundaries, it won't even change sometimes how the person thinks of you anyways. I just wish that could be supported I guess, a bit more in our society still somehow teaching us how to, that to be assertive is okay. You know, boundaries are very important for any human, you know? Absolutely. I was going to ask you, what's your advice for women who want to get into the music industry? And it sounds like that would be part of your advice, but what else would you have to offer them? Gosh. Yeah so much right it's really it's that question is actually really tripping me up I would love to be a person that has the answer for that I'm dealing with so much fear myself right now and such a battle with being in the industry that I don't I I want people to pursue their dreams and I would like people to you know get into music for the maybe the best thing I could say right now is just to somehow never lose grip of of why you're making the music and want to be making things or creating things to not lose the play factor in it and not um, let it get too too much about seriousness and moving forward and don't let the idea of momentum take over why you really started what you were doing. You have to stay in touch with the roots because that's what will keep you also going through all the adversity that you will face. So you know, go for it. Look at what other people are doing to help out how to, you know, get started, I guess, just because it is, it's challenging. But at the same time, I'm seeing people on TikTok making whole careers. Like, and I, you know, it's like, it, there's a remarkable ways to get your stuff out right now. If you find the right avenue for yourself, Patreon has changed the game for many people. And you just get all the supporters that you can in your life to jump on with you, even if it's your family and friends to start. And then that can grow from there. There's many avenues. Look at, just dive into what people are doing to start and then just don't lose touch with why you're doing it because that's going to pull you through the hard things. Cobra Page, thanks for being an awesome guest on the show. I love what she said about how she feels about releasing the solo music and just being so honest about the anxiety that comes with it. I think that's something that a lot of artists keep to themselves and they aren't really maybe willing to share with the world. But I do think that there's some confidence in being like, hey, you know, this is really an anxious moment in time here. And 
I love that she was very honest about all the anxiety she's going through dealing with the music industry and with this new solo set. But she has nothing to be worried about because it totally rocks. I think that most of her worry, though, comes from making sure people hear this incredible music because the music is solid. The music is fantastic, but getting it out there in the world that we have today, the computer-driven, algorithm-driven world that we live in, that's a whole different thing. Love that she got really honest about everything that she feels about that. And then talking about her experience in the music industry and how she does feel like she's come up against adversity being a woman. She totally gets the whole thing. Are you here with your boyfriend? Because I've had that happen a lot if I'm at a show or whatnot. People... Not as much now, thankfully, but in the beginning, for sure, people would be like, why would this girl be at a Megadeth show? It's because I like Megadeth. So (laughs) I think that that was a really cool conversation and really moment there with Cobra Page. As always, great to rock it with you right here on the Beyond the Boys Club podcast on the Consequence Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or else you'll be in the doghouse with me. You don't want that, but have a great one and keep rocking until next time. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks.